Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Wake up! The Early Line. Line up! All right, here we go, people. It is Monday, February the 10th now in uh, the year is 2020. Time to get you caught up with everything that happened overnight in the world of sports. Actually, last 48 hours, in fact, on the early line. I'm Joe Ranieri. Dane Martinez alongside here as we uh, as we dive into what was a uh, an important weekend as far as uh, college hoops goes, as uh, over 150 games on Saturday. Uh, you had 16 games uh, yesterday on Sunday, and every one of them from this point on, as there's only about four or five conference games left, uh, March Madness is almost here. It's kind of it's kind of crazy to think about it, but March Madness is almost here. As Selection Sunday will be coming, will be. Bitching and moaning, especially this year with parody, who's in, who's out, uh, who's on the bubble. And there should be a lot of bubble talk right now because this season in college hoops, guys, one of the most unbelievable from a not only a handicapping standpoint, but truly from a uh, conference standpoint, some of the best conferences that we know that we've all come to know, like the ACC, uh, in a word, is trash outside of a couple of teams. It's ouch. And it's not getting any better. And tonight we've got, I love the games on tap tonight. We will take a look at the, uh, at the market uh, coming up here this morning because there are, when you've got Florida State Duke, uh, two of the top 10 teams in the country going at it, when you've got Texas Baylor going at it tonight, you've got, you got some must-watch television coming your way, and we'll let you know what the market is doing with that. Plus, NBA last night. Last night uh, we had... Uh, interesting, uh, shall we say, some interesting narratives that are starting to break out, Dane, with your Boston Celtics. I know you've been yep. high on them. They managed to win uh, their seventh in a row. Uh, right. And this is really the first time, this was like the first weekend with the changes uh, in the, you know, from the trade deadline. So, A, we're going to have a chance to look at now the future market, now that it's kind of all settled down. Who moved the needle? Who didn't? Uh, we'll go ahead and take a look at that. We'll also take a look at some of the bigger games from small over the weekend. We'll get you caught up with it all. But first, let's bring in Dan Strafford so you can get you caught up with all the headlines in sports from overnight on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Sports Grid News Update. Well, the on-again, off-again Mookie Betts trade to the Dodgers seems to finally be coming to a conclusion. According to Jeff Passan of ESPN, a deal has been agreed upon to send the 2018 MVP to the L.A. Dodgers with David Price for a package that includes outfielder Alex Verdugo, shortstop Jeter Downs, and catcher Connor Wong. 
going back to the Boston Red Sox. This comes days after the blockbuster three-team deal fell through. Betts and starter David Price were going to the Dodgers for Verdugo and Twins pitcher prospect Bruiser Gurderell. Dodgers starter Kentomato was headed to the Twins. At the time, Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling were set to head to the Anaheim Angels in return for Luis Rangifo. That trade, according to multiple reports, is now off. The Athletic had it first. Last piece of that former three-team deal was Kent Maida going to the Twins. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic reports that the deal sending Maida to the Twins has been agreed upon by both sides, with Grutterell going to the Dodgers. Week one of the NFL is in the books. Three out of four home teams were victorious. D.C. held serve at home, beating Seattle 31-19. to Houston beat up on L.A. In Texas, 37-17, the Guardians moved to 1-0 on the year with a 23-3 win over Tampa Bay. And St. Louis got the lone road win, besting Dallas 15-9. In the NBA, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, Darren Collison will not be returning to the National Basketball Association this season, despite interest from the Lakers and the Clippers. In the NBA last night, Trey Young dropped 48 points on the Knicks in a 140-135 win. He also had 13 assists. Julius Randle on the other side had 35 points, 18 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, and a block. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, 28 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds for Harden, 39 points, 4 assists, 6 rebounds for Russell Westbrook. And the 114 to 113 losses, Bojan Bogdanovich hit a game winner over the Houston Rockets. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. All right, Dan, thank you very much. And it was a uh, it was the opening weekend, Dane. I know a lot of us uh, were excited the opening weekend, having a shot to actually check out the XFL yeah. and how would it be? Who the hell would watch? But it uh, we got our very I first did. touchdown of the season early. That's for sure. Seattle trailing by a field goal. Look at end zone. It is caught. Touchdown. Austin Proll. Nice. The first touchdown of this new XFL. Yeah, Brandon Silvers finds Austin Prowl uh, there, maybe Ricky Prowl's son, um, yep. in the game. And we're off and running here, Dane. Two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. I will say this. Um, the game, uh, the first XFL game, which was on ABC, it got almost three and a half million viewers, which to me... I'm shocked. I thought maybe a million. The Alliance of American Football had 2.9 to give you some, uh, you know, some perspective here. But uh, a little close to three and a half million viewers tuned in on a, mind you, a Saturday afternoon at about three o'clock, right? Two, three o'clock to watch this game, Dan. So they're off and running. And I can't wait to see what happens now this week coming up. Yeah. So I don't think anybody should wax poetic and think that the quality of football will be the same in the NFL. It's not, okay? It's a lower quality of football. There are players that you recognize at some of the skill positions, whether it's the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, some of the running backs. You may remember some of the defensive guys. A lot of these guys were drafted six, seven Mm. years ago, had their cup of coffee. But there are a lot of very intriguing rules that I think the NFL should keep an eye on quite frankly the kickoffs look weird at first but i think it's for the benefit of excitement 
and player safety. I got to tell you, Joe, the idea that everyone is mic'd up, we hear the calls coming into the quarterback. We hear the replay booth. The replay booth being mic'd up is something that I think is incredible. You can hear how they're adjudicating the calls and, you know, you always wonder, hey, how'd they get that wrong? You're hearing that process. I don't think the NFL will ever pick up on the one, two, and three-point conversions. I don't think we even saw the three attempted over the first week, but that's an element of strategy as well. Um, I'm going to give it a shot next week. That's all I got to say, and that's really all the XFL cares, right? Will I tune in again? The AAF had a little bit of buzz in week one, and then it fell off a cliff, Joe. I think this may have more staying power. Well, don't forget, the AAF, their initial games at $2.9 million opened up on CBS. And then after right. that, it was TNT, it was NFL Network. It was, you know, streaming. It was this league has a actual a real deal, deal in place ready to rock so as far as an exposure standpoint yes they will be on in bars they will be on you know when you have a deal with abc here and disney and and when you know mcmahon is not stupid he understands all of this is tied into viewership and i gotta tell you i was not i was surprised on a i thought the pace of play was really good uh, I did. I wasn't expecting yeah. sixty-point games. Uh, even last night, you you know, you got yourself like a fifteen-nine game, right. but it didn't drag on. It didn't feel like forever. So I got to see plays. Hurry up, let's go. Let's get up to the line of scrimmage. I thought the quality. Of course, it's not going to be NFL, but what I saw out there was a lot of desperation. From right. guys, meaning there are dudes out there last who, you know, really their last chance, Dane, when it comes, they love the game so much, right? And they know that, listen, it, it's a long shot to be able to take it and run into the NFL with this, guys, all right? I mean, it's very few, a very small percentage are going to make their way back to the NFL from this. They're playing for no other reason, man, because why else put yourself through this kind of torture for fifty, sixty thousand $60,000? Right. These guys love the game. I don't know if they're going to get into that aspect of it. And maybe because there are some storylines with guys. One guy I'm watching, you know, two broken backs, like two yeah, knees. And, and he's still yeah, like out ACLs. there. Yeah, and he's yeah. still out there and he's making unbelievable grabs. on. So yep. if they incorporate that and nobody tells the story better than Vince, I think this is, without a doubt, a, a cut above. What what we saw with the uh, with the AAF, but remember the AAF did not have a network deal like this does. So you know, I think minor league football, which is really what this is, um, I, I think it's uh, certainly better than watching some of the other programming out there. Yeah, and Joe, you talk about the stories, right? Mm -hmm. Part of the way the XFL may bring that. Are these sideline reporters like shoving the microphone in your face right after the play? Yes. You yes. know what I mean? Good call. I saw I saw everyone from Pat McAfee to, to mm -hmm. sideline reporters I knew right after a play. They are finding these guys on the sideline. That kind yep. of level of access is something that we do not have. And so 
you know, you're at they're asking Sammy Coates, like, yo, mm -hmm. man, you had a lot of injuries. You're trying to make it back. Have yep. only one catch for 27 yards so far. How does it feel? You know, yep. there was one guy who made a bonehead special teams play, you know, uh, having a touchback on a punt when it was could have been down on the one yard line. Yep. They interviewed him right away after that. You know, they're yep. interviewing the replay booth. You know, that level of access, I think, is interesting. And we'll get us to know these players because we don't know these guys, right? Yeah, we'll so take we a look at the future odds and see if those change. We'll do that coming up next year on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. Happy Monday. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Guys, welcome in as uh, it is the early line here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. Joe and Ari Dane Martinez here with you as we take a look at uh, at some of the craziness that happened over the weekend. We mentioned uh, the XFL. Dane and I uh, pretty much uh, excited. What's that? The future's changed. Yeah, oh, yeah. The futures are uh, are definitely going to change because uh, we watched yesterday as the Guardians beat the Vipers. Now, the Vipers are one of the... Uh, one of the favorites uh, heading into this XFL right. season, 23 to three. Now, New York closed as a three and a half point home underdog. They were plus 155 on the money line, guys. It did stay as well under 53. You had the uh, late game last night with the Battlehawks, the St. Louis Battlehawks taking on the Dallas Renegades. Uh, they were the XFL preseason title favorites. That's uh, everyone loved uh, Dallas. Uh, and that game was um, 15 to nine. And St. Louis, they, man, they pulled it out. They were a nine point road underdog. That game was as high as 10 uh, before kickoff, plus 310 on the money line. The under um, it stayed way under, obviously, 52 and a half points. So, all in all, Dane, two and two favorites and dogs with these two games straight up and against the number. Home teams went three and one straight up and against the number. And Dallas, the only team to lose that uh, that situation at home and the unders. And this is kind of what we said leading into this unders three and one. So uh, I don't know that anybody Saturday kind of went chalky. Everyone's like, oh, I kind of figured. But yesterday, oh, no, right. you were back in the favorites, uh, back in the underdogs. Rather, it was a profitable day yesterday. Yes. And I will say this. The futures market has moved, but. Two of the losing teams in week one were without their starting quarterbacks. Okay. Yes. Josh Johnson and Landry Jones were not under center for their teams. Okay. So before you have that recency bias or as the public look to automatically steam the results you saw in week one, remember that. Okay. Two of the losing starting quarterbacks were not there. I got to say this though, Joe, I was most impressed and I guess it makes sense. It was the team that scored the most points, won by the most, and it was Houston. Um, but for two reasons specifically. One, they've got a defensive line. They've got a line that can bring the heat. Coney, Ely, among others, have been in the NFL. And then this kid, P.J. Walker, their quarterback, you know my thesis about quarterback play, Joe. They are right. running, they are, you know, run and shoot kind of offense. And this kid is making plays 
off of structure, outside the pocket, and running. And if that's what I think is the trump card, making plays in the NFL, I think that's going to do just fine in the XFL as well. Also, keep in mind, guys, there was, I don't know if you if you guys were watching any of it over the weekend and caught, but I think there's also another um, future to the NFL from this. The helmets had advertisers on them. I don't know if you caught it, Dane, if you saw it, no. but there were, yeah, the Renegades, I believe it was, have, uh, I guess they have a pretty good deal with Bud Light uh, Seltzer okay. at the stadium. Great. Yeah, so there were actual logos on the helmet. There were stickers on the helmet. So, and by the way, the XFL says the Renegades are currently the only team to have uniform advertising. I would venture to say that is for now. I do right. believe that that is. Listen, so, look at soccer around the world, right, Dane? The I NBA mean, they, has that now. NBA One now. On the it's yeah. exactly it. So I do think that. Uh, they also have the merchandise, from what I understand, is huge. Um, also a pretty big seller. They have uh, balls, as a matter of fact, that you can buy at the stadium. Any of the footballs the you get are, cool. are signed by the whole team. Like, So they have some really unique stuff that they're trying to do it different. And why not, man? I mean, the NFL is next with the uniform advertising. Can we be realistic here? There's too much in it, Dane, not right. to uh, open up the doors, especially the NFL, who is so money-hungry, it's ridiculous. Uh, that kind of eyes, I can't imagine how much it would cost for a beer company or somebody to slap a logo on a jersey of an NFL team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen it in soccer. We've seen it in NASCAR. We're starting to see it in the NBA. I mean, yep. you know, this is one of those things where it ain't going to go the other direction. You yeah, know what no. I mean? And if yes. they could put, listen, there's even a Nike logo and the Jumpman logo on the damn New mm -hmm. York Yankees. That's correct. Yep, it's coming, guys. So I'm telling you, it's coming. You know, if there's any more uniform, more sacred in sports, it's the pinstripes of the New York Yankees, right? So if you could slap a logo on that, then you could certainly slap a logo on any football team. I also want to mention, too, that it's uh, I did catch the gambling portion of the yep. uh, XFL on ESPN. Uh, yeah, this was uh, this was it. another thing we were all going to be very interested to see what uh, what they did because the NFL – does not post any of those types of figures, but the XFL does. The only problem is that I, I think, and eventually it'll get there, maybe it's just baby steps. But when I'm watching a 15-9 game last night, and you're telling me the total, total is 52 and a half, it's not, you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get that you're giving me the full game line, but from a betting perspective, if you're going to do it, you should cater to the betters. And the betters are going to look at that and go, that's no way the in-game line is, is that. They should actually have the ability, and I know it's coming at some point, give me the actual moving, like a stock market, like you would see on CNBC or, yeah. you know, on, uh, on Kramer. Like, no, they got to walk before the they can moving run, line is. Yeah, I, I get it. I, it's the <laughs> only complaint. I, I appreciate the effort, but at some point, Give me the damn real line. Give me the actual moving line because at 15-9 with about six minutes left and you're posting 52 and a half, you might be confusing, you know, especially some people. So uh, you got to, you're right. You got to crawl before you walk. But I love the fact that they are actually taking the initiative to post it. Uh, the NFL is not going to be that far behind. And from what I understand, baseball is going to be the leader of all the sports, Dane, with mm. actual in-stadium right. betting. Uh, the ability for them to be able to uh, offer it just inside the stadium, too, by the way, 
I think it's the future of Major League Baseball. And they think that, yes, that's going to be the uh, he's going to be Manfred's going to be rolling that out way sooner rather than later, because I got to tell you, I if I've got action in a game, Dan, and I'm at the stadium, I'm probably not leaving until after the fifth inning if I have a first five bet. Right. I mean, I'm. Uh, and the only thing is, it's like, sure, honey, I'll take, I'll take right. a junior to the bathroom and I'll get us uh hot dogs. The limits is what <laughs> they have a the problem with. Way back. It, it's interesting. The limits is the thing that's holding it back right now. They don't want to offer betters big limits early on. And, and I say big limits could be what? 200 bucks, 500 bucks, whatever it is. Uh, you don't want guys to be able to go in there, bet and then leave. So you want, you know what I mean? The limits will increase as the innings increase, Dane. And listen, you and I can go into a stadium and you and I can bet with the guys in right field on how many pitches are going to be strikes in the inning. Yeah. I'm not leaving. Like, you're right. You know what I'm saying? You and I are going to hang out with a couple of beers and a hot dog and we're just going to have a, we're having, I don't care if it's 11-3 to score, we're going to hang out there. And it'll be interesting to see what that does like for the road fan that's there. You know what I mean? Because if I find a fan of the other team, I'll be like, yo, you need to lay this action right now. You know, I, I think it'll be it'll change the way the dynamic is in the stadium, how you root and kind of how you uh, throw shade to the opponents. Yep. I can't wait. Yeah, that's the big thing. And they uh, they're going to be the first ones to do it. So kudos to XFL for taking the initiative. It's nice. But. Uh, we'll see what happens now from a future standpoint. Then you mentioned the futures game live thing that with their, their cash for their NBA store. You could do that right now. Yes, you can. Yeah. It's to me, baseball needs it to get asses in seats. The NBA, I think, well, they're going to sell out as soon because it's a stars league. So you're coming to see LeBron, you're coming to see the stars, but baseball on a Tuesday night in July, what the hell's making me want to come out to go see the Marlins? Oh, we can actually have a few beers, hang out. And the Cleveland, oh, I, I'm in, I'll go. So I think the future is there. But talk to me about the future prices for the XFL, because with Tampa losing, what the hell, yeah. what, Vipers, they what the hell? Back. So first off, remember this, Joe, one mm-hmm. of the things I said was like, why not just bet the futures of the lowest teams, right? Yes. I said, Going into week one, we said this because we didn't know jack about these teams. So why not just take the bottom three? But I digress. Mm-hmm. The D.C. Defenders are your new favorite at 7-2, plus Ooh. 350. Then wow. the Guardians, who got a win at home, they're the same, plus 350. The Houston Roughnecks who were impressive in their win. They're going to be my adopted team. They're 5 to 1. Dallas falls back to 6 to 1. Tampa Bay at 6 to 1. St. Louis who got an upset win over Dallas is 7 to 1. Then LA at 10 to 1 and Seattle at 16 to 1 to win wow. the XFL. Wow. So, so Seattle isn't Seattle jo- no, LA was Josh LA. Johnson did That's not correct. play. You can get them now at 10 to 1. They yep. didn't have their starting quarterback, people. Same thing yep. with Dallas and Landry Jones. Yep. I find it interesting, the unders as well, because a lot was hyped about the pace of play and the speed and that we were going to see, you know, we were going to see these high scoring. Ga- yeah, not so much. I can't wait to see what the unders come out, the totals come out this week for these games, because um there's there's some defense there. I mean, you know, you the problem is I think a lot of people looked at the XFL as if it was the NFL and 
all right, you know, they're going to be up-tempo. They're going to be like, no, you still got to ca- throw the ball, catch the ball, block for it. Like, you still – they're still working that out. And many of these guys, Dane, on the field hadn't caught a pass in a few yes. – hadn't even been in a game in a few years. So it's going to take a little while for the offense to be able to, I think, to kick into gear. You know, they even said – the sideline reporter, I forget which game it was, I think it was Pat McAfee, said that he was impressed when he was interviewing one of the quarterbacks because he still was able to give the interview after scrambling for 30 yes. yards. That yes, he still had I agree. Juice in the yes. tank. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, kid from, um, uh, the kid from Houston is like a – it reminds me of Lamar, but he's going to get killed. That kid is going to get killed, man, before That's it's all said and done. You don't make plays. I'm riding with yep. Houston. Take a look at the NBA and college games over the weekend next year on The Grid. SportsGrid.com, the early line. SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. So it was a uh, it was a big weekend in the NBA as well as top 25 in uh, in college uh, hoops and uh, it continues, guys. And don't I mean don't sleep on it. We are just uh, we are less than 30 days away from March Madness. A lot of a lot of teams and a lot of conferences around the country um, they're fighting for their bubble lives here and they know it. But at the same time, there's so much parity in college hoops this year that. Some conferences, Dane, like we talked about it on uh, on Friday, like in the Big Ten, where how many how many teams from the Big Ten outside of maybe Northwestern and one other, you might have eight, nine teams in a conference uh, making the dance this year. That's how unbelievably close it is. And of course, there might be some teams that are, um, shall we say, uh, less than good from the ACC that are going to make right. it simply because. They're just better than the rest. And when you look at yesterday alone, Butler continues to throw up all over themselves mm-hmm. last night. Marquette takes them down. Number nine, unranked Marquette taking down ranked Butler, 76 to 57. Uh, but Marquette was the favorite in that, believe it or not. Even unranked, they closed as a four-point home favorite. But, you know, here we go again. It's like unranked versus ranked. Another mm-hmm. one drops. Uh, and a lot of people are scratching their heads, handicapping college basketball this year, Dane, because it just continues to happen. It's one thing for it to happen two months ago. It has not stopped happening, Dane. Like teams are every time they get a number next to their name, they are almost guaranteed in, in throwing up all over themselves at some point down the road. It's almost like an 18-year-old kid when they see themselves nationally ranked starts to smell themselves. <laughs> it's exactly. You know right. what I mean? It's yep, like, oh, exactly. You know, because listen, for years, that's what they've looked at, the top 25, right? right. So they're yep. like, oh, I'm in this, especially if you're one of these mid-market, mid-major teams, yes. right? Then you've made yep. it. But with Butler specifically, they started real hot at the beginning of the year, and they've fallen off. I think they've lost. I saw a stat that there's something like, you know, Five and twelve in their last seventeen games. Yes, that's correct. Yep, there was uh, some huge 
matchups uh, too on Saturday in college hoops, Dane. But I think none bigger than the old North Carolina Duke game, right? Which was mm-hmm. so much fun, unless of course you were on Duke, uh, or unless you were on I don't know North Carolina money line, which I do believe our right. uh, our friend Rebecca here at the uh, at the network. I am quite sure she was on the money line of North Carolina in that game. And boy, oh boy, they were getting seven and a half, eight. uh, They just, they were so damn close. And to lose the way they did, Dane, was just uh, in overtime was brutal. North Carolina, I mean, they led, think about this. They led 77 to 64 with four minutes to go. Uh, They led 96 to 91 with 21 seconds left in overtime. Mm -hmm. And they ended up losing 98 to 96. The money line was plus 280 in this game. So anybody that was on North Carolina money line and let's uh, North Carolina remains. I don't care how down they are. It's not in Chapel's not an easy place to play. And wow, Dane, I'd have been I'd have been on fire if that was uh, if I was watching that game, watching them blow not one lead, but also a second lead to go 96, 91, 21 seconds left Dane, and to lose. Yeah, that's a special kind of suck. It really is. So they were they were up by one Carolina mm-hmm. with like six seconds left in overtime. Okay, and they didn't get the inbounds in. Yeah. Right? And what I thought yep. was a bad call. I thought there was a foul on the inbounds, but they mm-hmm. didn't call it. And then they called it yes. out of bounds. Ball back to Duke. Um, and then the last exchange happened where you thought Tyus Jones was going to shoot, but it wound up with uh. Um, the the putback as yep. time went out, they really got the short end of the stick. I thought there was a foul there on the inbounds. Then they would have been fouled, hitting free throws, hoping to get yep. a three point margin with about four or five seconds left. Yeah. Also, uh, it couldn't have been nearly bad. Maybe if you had uh, UMass uh, laying two over George Mason this weekend, uh, they led 66 to 52, Dan, with five minutes to go in the game, and they lost 69 to 67. <laughs> So that was uh, uh they were ticket, huh? Yeah. <laughs> they were they were stuck at 66 for the final 5 minutes and they couldn't get uh they couldn't get out of their own way which is just absolutely absolutely brutal. So uh there were a couple of games like that on Saturday. Last night Rutgers uh congratulations actually Northwestern on the money line last night, Dane. Northwestern was plus 450 at Rutgers. They led by 18 in the first half. Right. There was a lot of people running to the window for a second half. Unfortunately, they lost 77, 73 in overtime. But another one of those, if you had maybe Northwestern and North Carolina on the money line, it was a long weekend for you, Dane. Yeah, absolutely. But I've been saying this. I'm intrigued because you mentioned it. You know, this could be the parody year, right? Yes. So I keep on looking at teams like the Dayton's, like the San Diego State, States, like yep. Gonzaga to maybe break through. I'm big on Seton Hall this year. It's going to be, you know, this is the chance for one of those non-Blue Blood schools to really crack all the way through. I'm going to yep. be heavy with those in my brackets. I, it's going to be, uh, I mean, it's going to be a, Joe. exactly like, when is it going to happen? So who is it? Who are these teams, these mid-major teams that are going to have an opportunity to go dancing this year in college hoops? And they right. will guys make no mistake about it. There will be more than usual. And I, I also have to remind people, four, you yeah. know, that are like San Diego state and Dayton. Yes. Can you imagine and San that? Diego state to me is it's championship or bus for them. They're going to be like, a one seed. 
they are. And to me, you either finish the season on like you've got to take it from beginning to end and go. And I will remind folks, man, there was a time where Butler, Butler, okay, went to the went to the finals two years in a row, two years in a row. You know, that guy eventually ended up in Boston with time running out. Exactly. So it's possible. And I think this is the kind of year where we could see that Butler kind of thing. Is it going to be San Diego State? Are the Zags going to finally make it over that hump? I mean, there is opportunities in college basketball just when you think just because somebody has a minus sign next to their uh, their number, Dane, you know, minus 180, minus two. It don't mean a darn thing in college hoops, especially this year. By this time, we usually can figure out enough of the data to be able to look and say, all right, we got a team that's maybe a little overachieving. You know, all the, the cream usually rises to the crop. Um, yeah, good, lu- good luck, guys. Good luck is. figuring what that is. And maybe the cream this year is actually some of these mid-major yes. schools. You yep. know what I mean? We don't have we don't have the blue bloods this year. Nope. So I, nope. it reminds me, San Diego State reminds me of St. Joe's. Remember mm-hmm. a, about 10 years ago, I think St. Joe's went undefeated and they yep. were well, one seed. Um, didn't make it. I think they lost in like the Elite Eight. We've had Correct. VCU get to the Final Four. Recently, mm-hmm. Gonzaga's been there. Butler. This is one of those years. I'm gonna be loaded up on these kind of schools. This the date to remember, guys. March 15th. That is when we are. Uh, that's known as Selection Sunday. Gonna be a hell of a time here from that point on, uh, moving. And I love your Syracuse Orange, Mendane. I'm just oh, telling you, you, man. They continue to win games. Uh, great Wake game Forest. against Wake Forest that they won over this weekend. Well done by the Orangemen. This yep. is another one of those teams where on any in a year's past, this kind of season would have been, oh, man, is it going to be good? Oh, no, they are more than good enough, and they are more than dangerous enough, a team like Syracuse, to get into uh, the 40%. tournament and do, and do some damage, Dane. It's a, it's a weird year because they're not great defensively, but this could be one of the best offensive teams we've seen for Syracuse in a long time. That's true. They do have some shooters. I'll tell you that. But I will caution you, Joe. They still have big boys left on their schedule. They still have Florida State. I think they still have Louisville on Mm -hmm. their schedule. So it doesn't get easier for the Cuse in the ACC. NBA last night, guys, the favorites and the underdogs, it was uh, pretty much split. 3-3-1 and one against the number. There was a push on the Hawks, who uh, were laying five versus the uh, Knicks. The, uh, The Knicks, Dane, wow. Um, I, you know, is it me or are you? Are we watching some inspired basketball by the New York Knickerbockers here? Well, it took two overtimes <laughs> yesterday for them to go down to the Hawks, one forty, one thirty-five. But maybe, maybe it's like, okay, we traded Morris. Now there's an mm-hmm. opportunity for some yep. people to stamp their claim and be yep. a part of the solution moving forward. Yep. The uh, the Jazz finally got out of their funk. Look at that. The Jazz uh, getting two and a half. They were a dog plus 125 last night against the Houston Rockets. Small ball Rockets, they like to call themselves. Uh, and they came back, Dane, because they it was not going well in this game for them. 114-113. A three at the buzzer uh, ends up uh, just crushing Houston there in that game. And they moved on with a victory. Kudos to the Utah Jazz on the road to beat a rested Houston Rockets team who, all right, you're one and one with small ball. You're actually, uh, you know, I think you're 
yeah, one and two now. You won the Lakers, you lost against Phoenix, and now here you are losing right. against Utah. How's that small ball working out for you? I don't – Joe, I think it's going to be okay for them. I really do. <laughs> like, because it's they gonna are going to be gonna interesting. others. <laughs> They're going to force others to adjust to them as well. And I'm reminded, Frank Stanfield on our network had a great stat that they were something like, you know, they they were under 500 or they were 10 Mm -hmm. and 0 when Capella didn't play. And they were 5 and 1 when no one was above 6 6. So, I mean, they just got to settle into it. But uh, I think the jury's still out, at least the regular season. Celtics uh, settling in. They won. Over the Thunder, getting a point and a half on the road, as did Philadelphia covering. Um, Clippers, Blazers, overs four and three. It's a crazy night in the NBA. We'll take a look ahead coming up next here on The Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. So it's uh, a first last night in the NBA, guys. Welcome into the early line here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I, I, hard to believe we've been talking about him all year. Uh, that uh, he, he, no triple doubles yet until last night, as uh, as John ja Morant takes uh, just dominating uh, last night in his game. The Grizzlies uh, were laying two and a half points. Uh, they get the job done, as did the Clippers laying six. And uh, the Blazers laying five and a half. They also covered against the Miami Heat. But I can't. It's hard to believe. And we he, his first triple double. And I guess who better to happen against than a team that plays zero defense like the Washington <laughs> Wizards? So congratulations. Sure. But uh, I think this is just maybe uh, one of uh, one of many at 27 points, 10 assists, and 10 boards. His first triple double. I, I think we're going to see more from this kid like that. Joe. I have been on the jaw train for a while. <laughs> I pray to jaw. I mean, my wedding's going to be in Jamaica in two and a half weeks. You know I got no problem with jaw. And what we've mm-hmm. talked about before, Joe, we've talked about it as it related to a guy like Ben Simmons, as mm-hmm. it related to a guy like Blake Griffin, even LeBron James, right? These forces of nature will have to develop an outside shot to be successful in the 2020 NBA. John Morant's game profiles to this day and age more than Zion Williamson. We talk about the Golden State Warriors, what they're trying to do. We're talking about the Houston Rockets, what they're trying to do, and how the game is moving away from the post-playing big man, right? Andre Drummond got traded for a sack of balls, okay? So all of that is just further evidence that this NBA is a John Morant kind of NBA. Yes, absolutely. It's that old Memphis team is going to be very, very interesting, Dan, as, uh, as we move forward. I think it's uh, even this year, they got a little chip on their shoulder. Yep. Uh, now Iguodala, of course, is in uh, Miami, and we actually, for the first time, had a uh, had a chance to watch him in a Miami uniform as the late game last night against Portland. But uh, you still don't have any 
there's still no answer for Damian Lillard as he continues to dominate 33 points, eight assists. This kid, Gary Trent Jr., is really starting to come and do his own for Portland, too. 22 points, uh, 115-109. There were, it was raining threes, Dane. What a shock. Mm -hmm. I believe there was 39 three-pointers made in this game. It was out of control. But I do believe Jimmy Butler did not play in this game. So Miami was, uh, Miami was um, down, shall we, a star there. But Iguodala... Um, out there on the floor for his first action minutes. of the NBA season. Yeah, uh, you know, it's also um, maybe the uh, a few of the guys that they ended up getting in these trades actually saw action there. That's right. Um, definitely a team worth watching now moving forward because when we see this, Dane, the addition of guys in rotations kind of messes up with you know creatures of habit is what athletes are so a lot of these teams we've seen it with Oladipo in Indiana trying to get him working back in they can't buy a win like certainly not against Toronto they can they you know losing twice in the last three days against Toronto is crazy but it's going to take a little time to figure out exactly how to implement it so if they rack up a couple of losses along the way I don't think anybody should be surprised yeah, I think that's fair. You know, there's a reason you have training camp. There's a yeah. reason you have preseason. And yep. now that the the deck has been shuffled, it's going to take a little bit of time to get rotations, to know where people want to be on the floor, who's the good spot for different players. And it'll take a little bit. I think, Joe, both you and I were ready to fade Miami, not only because of that, but they've got second road game back-to-back tonight at Golden yes. State. I know we got our early line plays of the day. I will be fading the Miami Heat tonight. I'm going to take the Warriors plus five or five and a half, whatever it is, against these Heat, second night of a back-to-back. That might be why Butler didn't play last night, so he can play tonight, load management. Yeah, it's um, it's been a couple of nights now that he's uh, he's actually had the days off, so mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll monitor that and keep an eye on it. But again, it's not like, you know, these games right now, West Coast trip. All right, take your time. You know, no big deal. But yet another very important win uh, for our friends in the uh, Portland Trailblazers who got absolutely, Dane, annihilated with a loss to Utah on Saturday. You watched this uh, too, where Rudy Gobert uh, goaltended the game-winning shot. Remember that? And, uh, oh, yeah, it wasn't called. In fact, I love the two-minute report after the game where it says, protest oh sorry yeah we kind of blew it so but hey good game anyway congratulations uh even utah was like yeah sometimes the ball bounces your way sometimes it doesn't so uh portland every win matters to them now they are without a doubt dane one of these play on teams for me you have to you have to look at portland guys while the market is still trying to figure it out there is value backing teams like the Portland Trailblazers. The Toronto Raptors um, take down the Brooklyn Nets now for their 14th win. Toronto is a must-play team, guys. There's just there's nothing else to say. And how about Milwaukee, Dane? Uh, Giannis, what is he? I mean, still just, they're red hot. They're still just destroying everything in their path. They beat the Magic 111 to uh, 95. Is there any stopping this team? Because I don't know who's going to do it. I really don't. Not in the regular season, Joe. Season, yeah. Let me make this point very clear, okay? The Bucks will steamroll in the regular season. Mm-hmm. I think it's not until the playoffs when a Toronto, a Boston, a Miami, or a Philly see them, you know, seven times in a row. 
because that is when you could develop a game plan purposely, Jair, just to try to stop Giannis. We've had this narrative. I think they're going to load up and just try and stop Giannis, and then it's up to Matthews, Middleton, these other guys, the Lopez brothers. And the question is, will they be on their three-point game four out of seven times? Teams are going to sell out to stop Giannis in the playoffs. Yep. And to your point, too, give uh, the Celtics credit. Uh, Edge and the Thunder on the road in OKC, 112-111. OKC actually had these guys down by uh, six or seven there with just, uh, you know, a little over a minute to go. Boston, a furious comeback. Kemba Walker, 22. Marcus Smart playing out of his mind. And uh, quite honestly, Oklahoma City is not an easy place to play, and this team has been rolling. But now, don't look now, the Boston Celtics, after going through a little lull there in January, really starting to put it together here, Dane. Seven wins in a row against some pretty decent competition. Listen, everybody has been talking about Toronto, and Toronto mm-hmm. has won 14 in a row, but don't look now to Boston Celtics. The Celtics also have the second-best uh, point differential, margin yes. of victory of any team behind only Milwaukee. And remember, these guys, it you know, Hayward has been coming back from injury. Yeah. Everyone, they have to get their rotation set right as well. They have to get their chemistry right as well. And I really do believe the Boston Celtics are one of those teams. You've said it, Joe. I've been on them as a team that I had a little bit more faith in them than others, and they are starting to get hot at the right time. Yep, and Bead uh, also uh, shows up finally. They beat the Bulls 118-111. to 111. Didn't cover in that matchup there, guys, but of course they did. Uh, the Bulls end up covering, uh, but 76ers quietly win a couple of games there over the weekend, uh, and wouldn't you know it, oh, yeah, it was home. Um, so home is where the heart is, and especially with Philadelphia as they try to battle through here. But, I mean, what can you, what can you say? They are a must-play-on team at home, Dane. Uh, but keep in mind, even with this Bulls here, the the overvaluing happening with the Sixers right now, it continues to happen, like nine, nine and a half points this game last night. They won by seven, but the, it's careful. You want to back them at home, but when they play these less than teams, yeah. uh, congratulations, you're going to be laying almost double digits. And listen, I trust them at home. I don't trust them by double digits. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean... It's, big, it's the only place numbers. they can win. I'm gonna, yeah, but <laughs> I'm gonna stay away from those big. I got a question for you, Joe. You, uh, there are teams in the Western Conference. We're mm-hmm. talking about how we like Portland. We're also talking about how we like Memphis. Only one of them's getting in, Joe. Yeah. If you look at the standings, only one of them's getting in because Dallas at the seven is a good yes. five, six games ahead of them, right? Right. So who do we like better? To me, it's uh, I'll always side with I'll always side with experience here, um, and you can see the the non and we've always said this about Portland this year. Have you yeah. noticed the the lack of panic going on there in uh, you know Terry Stotts and company there? Yeah. Uh, they really he understands his roster. These guys have been there, done that. They know. Listen, we just got to get into, we just got to get there. If we can secure the eighth seed, seven eighth seed, they are. They are good to go. I don't know anybody that wants to go and play Portland right now. Like everyone's like, oh, can can he, can he still can he keep this? Um, Damian Lillard, yeah, he's going to keep dropping thirty on you like there's no tomorrow, and there's really nothing you can do. And now you got the kid Trent Jr. in there off the bench that's finding his stroke. They're a live team, and as much as I love Memphis, as fun as it is, I do think experience, especially down the stretch, 
Um, that's going to be the difference. Yeah, there's you got to learn what we say, especially with Portland. You got to learn how to lose before you can learn how to win, right? Yeah, we see where these teams are in their process. Mm -hmm. Last year, remember, we felt the same way about a team like the Sacramento Kings. We liked what they were doing, but we realized it was a process. Maybe that's Memphis this year. They're a year ahead of of schedule. But Portland, listen, especially we haven't even talked about it yet. They're going to get Yurkic back, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. so that's another big-time piece for this team as they look to get into playoff contention in the West. I can't. Uh, it, the, it's going to be fun. We got the all-star break coming up here for uh, for the NBA, which is uh, which is nice. But I mean, really, then once they're done with that thing, they finish the last, you know, 30, the 30 percent of the uh, of the games here coming down. And there are teams who are I don't want to say in playoff mode, but, you know, teams like, you know, Portland, Memphis, New Orleans. Yeah. They have to be. They absolutely have to be. And I do think also in the East, there is a big difference between, you know, the, you know, being a top four seed is great, but there is a big difference in that, you know, five, six, seven, and eight seed. Who do you yeah. want to play first, Dane? You know what I right. mean? It's Well, you want to avoid Philly or Indy, right? Because we think six teams. So you want yes. to avoid the five or the six because they're legit. You absolutely do. You absolutely you want to get to two do. Of the East. Exactly. And, and you still can. So. All right, we'll take a look at uh, the night that is ahead of us, NBA and college. We'll do it next year on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.